Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. Welcome to Rex Factor. This week, Edwig. With your host, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Hello. Hello. Welcome to yet another X Factor. Uh, and as the introduction said, this week on Edwig. Or Edwig or Edwi, if you were. Yeah, we, we settled on Edwig. Edwig sounds better, I yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no academic reason behind it, is there? Or? No, I don't really know quite how the the reason. I guess it's the way that they translate the old English. I'm uh, not quite sure. Okay, but right. So let's um, let's crack up. Well, should we explain? What, go a quick refresh. Quick refresh. Last week we had Edred, yep. who was um, brother to the previous king Edwin the First and son of Edward the Elder, and Edred had a Quite a brief reign, saw off the northern uh, independence efforts under Eric the Blood Axe. Awesome. But was sick, didn't last very long. Couldn't choose food. Dies, d- couldn't choose food, food, died without any children. Yeah. So we'd had two, well, actually three sons with Athelstan of Edward the Elder, but now they're all gone. We've moved on to the next generation, which is the son of Edmund I, which is. Edwig. Edwig. So this is the third boy king, and he's actually the first proper one, because he's only 14 when he comes to the throne. Right. And remembering our now line that we're doing in terms of monarchs, he is the 29th great-granduncle to Elizabeth II. Really? Yep. Wow. So uh, this guy, um, he is 14. How old was the chap who did the Peasants' Revolt? Oh, he was pretty young. That was similar, actually, yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking if we could... We Richard II, that chap, of course. Yes. Um, we could work out who was the... For another time. Yeah. Um, How does he look? He quite a lot like a gnome. Little peak cap. <laughs> um, got gnomes on the brain today. Yeah, I do, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, well, we need to get these up on the on the website, really, if we can. Um, but, yeah, not not as kingly, and more boyish, as you'd imagine. Yeah. But can I ask a practical question at this point? You can. When are we going to get on to the ones that I know? <laughs> like these Saxons, all very well. I'm learning lots, but how we're at nine five nine here. How many between here and the approximately hundred years time? Um, so you're saying how long until we get to ten sixty six? Beyond yeah. the obvious, about hundred years. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got. Well, you'll have heard of Ethelred the Unready. Yeah, got him. He's not very far away. Confessor. Confessor after a few Vikings. So there are a few three Vikings who interrupt us a bit as kings. Yeah. Well, that's coming up. So Stay tuned for that. Off the top of my head, it's about five or six, I think. Okay. Four, ten, six. So all that work at unifying goes back to Vikings? Uh, it does, yeah. Are they Christian at this point? We'll find out. We will we'll find, find out. Yes, right. But it's interesting that you ask when we'll get to the normal stuff, because we've had, for the first time, an email from a listener. Hey. Um, do you want to read it out? Okay. 
Um, from Will Shanks. Who is the person we should credit with the genius of the name Rex Factor. Nothing to do with Chris um, Evans. No, or Chris Miles. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, I just wanted to send a message to congratulate you guys on a great show. Absolutely right, it's got taste. I heard the latest one and thought it was very good. That was Edmund. Edmund, yeah. Anglo-Saxons aren't even my thing, so I'm looking forward to when you reach proper history after William and Conqueror. Thank you. <laughs> I do remember writing an essay on blood feuds at uni, though, I, so, though, so that brought back some memories. I must say the five boroughs sound like they were clearly the best part of the Anglo-Saxon England, seeing as they feature Leicestershire. Where he is from. I also thought there were a lot of contemporary parallels that could have been drawn. The idea of Edmund, having lost it, doing well to win it all back again, reminded me of Steve McLaren... I'm not quite that former England manager, of course. I'm not quite <laughs> sure at what point Steve McLaren has won it back, unless he's referring to the story where someone said that he could be back as England manager, which would be dreadful. I'd never even heard of this guy. <laughs> uh, he then... was the Wally in the Broly. <laughs> remember that? No, no. no. Why was he in the Broly? Uh, it was the match against Croatia where we had to draw. We had to draw a win. I think we had to draw at home to qualify for a tournament, and we lost at home and it was raining and the Croatian manager was out there shouting and getting active and Stephen McLaren just stood there under his umbrella. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, having, uh, having been cut short before he had a chance to become a great ruler of IDS. Ian so, Duncan Smith, the Conservative ruler, of course. Imagine the Prime Minister we could now have. Really? Mm. <laughs> you seem surprised at the medieval love of blinding people, but I would refer you to the work of the renowned historian Kay Costner in Prince of Thieves and the Blinding of Duncan. It's a very, very good point. It's a good reference. Um, he's, he's an academic. Yeah, leave out that one. You missed uh, that comment. Oh, yes, particularly like the dynasty, not the programme guy. Which Ali's forgotten about because yeah. he hasn't listened to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. I've heard it at least once. <laughs> um, yeah, so there we go. Um, that's lovely. If you want to email in, the email address is... Podcast at hotmail.com Excellent, there we are yeah. Please do send us in if you're uh, also looking forward to the Normans or any kings that you've liked mm. that we've done so far or anything else you want to know And points you don't want missed out Send, send us an email in. Yeah, send them in But for now, Edwig um, Yes, yeah, let's go Sure I'll save, no, I'll save that's an off-air conversation okay. <laughs> okay. So the story of uh, Edwig's reign As we said, he's properly a boy king at just 14 and it's really the struggles of, this, of a young upstart king who wants to have things his own way against quite a well-established set of people who are already there, almost like an institution in themselves. And also the old adage that history is written by the winners, right? as we will see. Right. So he's born in 941, eldest son of Edmund I, nephew of Edred. If you're getting a bit confused now because of all these brothers and sons and stuff, he is now the great-grandson of Alfred. Right. So that's where we are now. We should, we should maybe try and... Get something together and put it on the website. Family tree, yeah. yeah. Great grandson of Alfred, that's where we are. And he's nicknamed the Fair for his uh, flowing locks and good looks. So yeah, you see there? It's on the card, yeah. hair. They've done their research <laughs> on this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's worth pointing out, he's actually, he's an orphan from uh, 946, because his mum dies in 944. Edmund killed at Puckle Church by that notorious uh, thief, thief. Yeah. in 946. And so he's generally a boy king, and he doesn't really have any kind of role model in the way that previous kings does. So he wasn't really at present at court under Edred. So whereas Edmund and Edred, they were brought up essentially by Athelstan at his court, even though their father was dead, whereas Edwig hasn't really had that same kind of tutelage in kingship. So is he going in there with these sort of young and idealistic, and he's faced with the sort of 
entranced views of people who have been in government, for a better word, for ages. Idealistic might not be the word I'd use, but he's got his, he wants to have things his own way. Okay. But the problem he's got is that he doesn't have any problem becoming king, there's no issue about the succession. But there's quite a strong continuity that we've seen of ministers. So remember now some of these names, even you might remember these now. Dunstan. Yes, Monk. Monk. Um, Check. Odo. The Severe. Oh, yeah, yeah, what a name. Archbishop yeah. of Canterbury. Yeah. And Eid Gifu, who was the mother of mother, Edmund yeah. and Edred. And she's mm. now, of course, the Queen Grandmother, which I'm not sure how often that happens, that you get a Queen Grandmother. If you know, email in. Please do. Um, so these people have been at court, well, Dunstan has been at court since Athelstan, so they've been there for ages now. They pretty much feel that they run the place, particularly because Edred was so ill that Dunstan was pretty much signing all the chances for him. They were, in effect, ruling. Dunstan being the Cromwell of the time. Yeah, the monk who's yeah. effectively okay. first minister. So they are used to running the show very yeah. much. Um, there's also, confusingly, a person called... Athelstan, who is not <laughs> oh, no. oh, risen from the grave, but he is uh, nicknamed the Half-King, so he was an important person that ruled in East Anglia. No yeah. relation to Athelstan, but he was brought to court by Athelstan. Okay. Anyway, lots of people who are very powerful and have been so for numerous reigns. In comes Edwig. It all starts quite badly for him in terms of his relations with these people um, soon after he actually becomes king, after his coronation. Because they always had um, a feast. Couldn't drink? I don't know. They had a feast and a, a meeting of all the big men of state who'd yeah. sit around and chat to each other. But they noticed that Edwig wasn't there. So Odo sent Dunstan and various other people off to go and find him. And uh, they went off to his quarters where Dunstan discovered him having a menage a trois with uh, a young girl called Elgifu. And her mother. <laughs> wow! Yeah. This is the first really juicy bit this of scandal. This is the first ever. proper scandal, which is apparently instigated by the mother, who is Ethel Gifu. Which is why she needs to come create a queen. Well, exactly. She's something of a prime movie here. So and she's, she's taking her chances. She's two yeah, chances there. So, <laughs> so she's sort of a bit of a femme fatale, who's seen as this sort of latter-day mm. Jezebel. And so, yeah, Dunstan comes in. He's really cross. The crown is discarded on the floor. He's having his way with these two women. So he demands that the king come back and go to the coronation ceremony, which he doesn't want to do, as you can imagine. Yeah. So Dunstan physically drags him out, apparently in a hot uh, distemper, yeah. and uh, brought him back into the chamber and made him um, cast her down as a strumpet at a nothing and put him back in his place. Made him? Made Edwig leave his bedchamber and say, oh, this girl is just a strumpet. What a fool they've been. Right. Edwig, not too pleased about this experience, as you can yeah. imagine, and particularly not very happy about this, is Ethel Gifu, the mother. Yeah. So she convinces him that he needs to do something about this. So uh, Dunstan <laughs> realises that he's maybe overstepped the line a little bit here. Yeah. So he runs back to his monastery and tries to hide a bit there. But Edwig sends some of his troops there. What are they going to do? Back at him. No, what do the people love to do in Saxon times? Blind. Yeah, Put his eyes out. Yeah, yeah. Um, fortunately for Dunstan, he's able to uh, slip away, and he goes off into exile in Flanders. So Dunstan's been forced to run away. He's had all his property stripped away from him. And Sorry, he wasn't blinded. Didn't he? he wasn't blinded. He slipped away. He escaped, oh, right, yeah, yeah, but he had yeah. to go into exile okay. to avoid Edwig mm. killing him or mm. blinding him. And so this is the hugely important figure of the last reign, and he's been forced to run off because... That spells trouble. Edward's not happy indeed. Yeah. But of course, 
Uh, Edgar Fu, the grandmother, very much a supporter of Dunstan. Odo, the Archbishop of Canterbury, supporter of Dunstan. This is the establishment that Edwig is instantly upset. Yeah. And he hasn't done it, as you said, for a great ideological reason. Yeah, more, more, yeah okay. <laughs> See what you mean, yeah. And this is something of a policy for Edward, it seems. So he's it's very much... What is a policy? Not the... No, no, no. <laughs> right. In with the new, out with the... Well, that's another. Yeah. In the new, out with the old. That's another in thing. In with the old, in with the new. The, uh, the ministers, he likes to get rid of the old ones and he wants new men. So he promotes new people at the expense right. of the old yeah, people. So he's yeah. giving out lots and lots of lands and charters to all these different people. And he's also doing things against the people who are there. So he's exiled Dunstan... He then strips uh, his grandmother, Igafu, of lots of her land and her money, all the things that she's entitled to in the wills of Edred. Big mistake. She was takes that away. pretty hardcore. He is pretty hardcore. Um, and he also tries to threaten Athelstan, the half-king in East Anglia, by granting people lots of land really in his sort of area, not directly challenging him, but clearly mm. setting up other people there. So he's got very much a policy of, don't want any of that, any of you people, I want to have my own mm. men next to me right and he's doing it without a lot of great tact or strategy in particular he's just who's guiding him through this like, normally they have a mentor that would give him advice I'm not sure he's got a mentor to be honest he's probably got friends who are the people that he's putting in position but he doesn't really take anyone's he'd want, lead he'd want some he'd want some support from the old guard just to at least know what they're thinking well you'd think you would think yeah. alright I think okay, he's losing points in my eyes. Yeah, and apparently, so he's a bit overly lavish in granting privileges to his mates okay. at the expense of the old guard. Um, yeah, and as we would imagine, people aren't too chuffed about this. So there's tends to be something of a move against him. So he marries um, Elgifu, who was the young girl, the daughter. Right. He actually marries her, but Odo the Severe has this annulled in nine five seven on the grounds of consanguinity. Consanguinity. Yes, consanguinity. Is mixed blood. Yeah, it's two um, closer relationships. Yeah. So the union was within nine degrees of blood relationships, i.e. how mm. close they were related. And at the time, this was seen as incestuous. And so not... Nine a, degrees? Not valid. That sounds quite distant. Well, indeed. So as I say... Still, you want as much as possible. Well, true. On the other hand, I say it must be politically motivated rather than religious because it was quite a while after the marriage before they bothered to actually do this. Right. So it was obviously they got to the point where it's right, we can do something about this. And yeah, why did they hate her so much? Um, I think I, I th- well, really because if they have a child, then you know he's got his dynasty has got a reign. This is a right. dynasty then that's against them. However, he yeah. has a younger brother Edgar, who is a bit more amenable. Right. So really, they don't want. Edwig's mm. thing to go on for any longer than it has to so they're keen that Edgar will oh, be the one that inherits spelling trouble spelling trouble but the other thing that's pointed out it's on Wikipedia it's a very good point that it was only a population of about one to one and a half million in England at this wow. time so most marriages that's crackers I know that's like Birmingham <laughs> yeah. spread across the entire country. country so the likelihood is that most marriages would have been null and void under this ruling oh interesting although obviously most people wouldn't have had Detailed family so it is, has to be, yeah, it is. You would only do, employ that rule if there was some mm. political motivation. And the Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip are more closely related than. Oh, right. They are. So, yeah. They're, they're really scraping the barrel. Scraping there, the barrel somewhat. <laughs> yeah. And um, it then gets bad for worse for poor little Edwig. So, 
Uh, as someone says here, what kind of king Edwy was was perhaps due to the speed at which his graspable power slipped away, because then at the end of 957, Mercia and Northumbria refused to recognise him as king, and instead uh, declare Edgar, his younger brother, as king. So the extent is that then there's a council where this all comes together, they meet, and it's agreed that the kingdom is effectively split, so that north of the Thames, Edgar is pretty much ruling, south of the Thames is Edwig. So Edwig... And Edgar comes from... Edgar is... Well, he's the brother of Edwig, but he's sort of got slightly more East Anglian yeah. Danish sort of sympathies. But so, so he, Edwig now is pretty much just ruling Wessex and the round there. So this whole kingdom... And by 957, he's only 16. Yeah. So And he's giving all his, these lands away to his friends. Yeah. Who are presumably just... It's just like... Hoodies ruled in the country. Oh, yeah. They're all like 15, 16 going around. Yeah, and apparently there's a lot of uh, discomfort about the extent to which they're really wise men who are able to rule. Yeah, so, sounds crackers. So within so just two years, kingdom split in half and his younger mm. brother's ruling the northern bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so everybody north of the Thames is with, is with his younger brother Edgar. Everybody south of the Thames is with Edwig. So that's not terribly good for Edwig. And then, the reign obviously is coming to a bit of a juttering halt. And this is a, a quote from Charles Dickens, who's wrote this lovely little book. It's A Child's History of England. So I'll just uh, read out, because it's all quite good. Dunstan, who he hates, he absolutely hates Dunstan. Dunstan caused the beautiful Queen Elgiva, though a lovely girl of only 17 or 18, to be stolen from one of the royal palaces, branded in the cheek with a red-hot iron, and sold into slavery in Ireland. So this is his wife, or his annulled wife. But the Irish people pitied and befriended her, and they said, let us restore the girl queen to the boy king, and make the young lovers happy. And they cured her of her cruel wound, and sent her home as beautiful as before. But the villain Dunstan, and that other villain Odo, caused her to be waylaid at Gloucester as she was joyfully hurrying to join her husband. Did she fall in a puddle? Ah, and to be hacked and hewn with swords, and to be barbarously maimed and lamed and left to die. When Edward the Fair heard of her dreadful fate, he died of a broken heart, and so the pitiful story of the poor young wife and husband ends. Oh, that's really sad. Any truth in that? Well, I can't say. He also raises what I don't think is meant to be another bit of scandal, where he says, ah, better be to be two cottagers in these better times <laughs> than King and Queen of England. I'm not sure okay. he's implying that Edward was into cottaging, no. although, as we've seen, he certainly wants to be racy. Yeah. This is actually Please nonsense, though. 14. Yeah, it's actually nonsense, though, because... Um, his wife lives on into the 960s and she's treated quite well Edgar gives her lots of grants of land she's pretty wealthy and we have a copy of her will she gives lots of stuff away so it's interesting that 18th, 19th century they really picked up on this as a tragic love story they loved their Saxons though didn't they? yeah they really did so they picked up on this but actually what happens is that we don't know why Edward dies he dies in 959 after just four years there is a suspicion Mm. that it may have been fishy because as we've seen all the major interests are pretty much against him yeah on the other hand yeah as we've seen from Edred they're not a healthy bunch at the moment these kings and it's perfectly conceivable that he might have just died uh, yeah and they do given his predecessors <clears throat> form they should have really got someone from another country in to really boost that line <laughs> yeah. a bit give it a, give it and, an injection you remember what I said about the uh, history being written by the winners? Yes. There's an extent to which we must cast doubt on a lot of this. Because really the main source for all our information here is A Life of Dunstan, which was written by a, 
biographer who would have been one of his minions, who is known only as B. Bead. No, just B. 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 Life of Dunstan by Mr. B. <laughs> and actually, it's not quite as cut and dry as it seems. So, we said about the north-south divide in terms of the kingdom, but that actually makes no sense if we see that as a revolt against Edwig, because lots of Edwig supporters are actually north, and people that he's not really friends with are actually south of the river. So it's not really divided on political lines, it's purely geographical. So there is a suggestion that actually it was perfectly accepted by Edwig that Edgar would be his man ruling in the north. He'd have overall control. And so all the charters and documents and things still state that Edwig is king of all England. And Edgar is just a sort of sub-king. Oh, right. And even the scandal that we so love, we might question to an extent because there are other stories which are almost a bit contradictory about him being in love with a woman that was below his status and all these sorts of things which don't surface until 40 years after it happens so there's a suggestion that people like Dunstan and all the ministers who witnessed the scandal were all people that came to be prominent under Edgar later and before um, prominent before yeah. didn't do so well under Edwig and then prominent again that maybe actually these were just fabricated stories yeah, to discredit him and yeah. then recredit everything that comes mm. later. So there's extent to which Edwig might have been pretty badly served by history because it doesn't make quite as much sense to presume that it's just him being useless. Mm. At the same time, he's clearly not politically astute. No, no he's definitely lost points. I don't think he would have. I don't think he really would have been up to much if he lived up much longer. No, personally. but just bear in mind that history. Particularly in this era, era, it's so easy for whoever wins to mm. just wipe somebody out, pretty much. Mm. That's why, for example, the fact that he dies maybe suspiciously, we'll never know. And if they killed him, no one particularly liked him. Everyone was happy to just brush over and get the next guy in. It's very easy for them to say, yep, yeah, he's yeah, died. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. Yeah, alright, something else. Yeah. Prove it. <laughs> yeah. But that's it for him. So 955 to 959, he had an eventful few years, but... Ultimately, didn't, didn't yeah, go too no. well. And you, you have to feel from that moment when he's having his threesome at the start, probably as good as it really got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was dragged like, away. I'm king, I'm king. Yeah. And then a monk comes along, drags yeah. him out, and oh, falls apart very quickly. Oh dear. Sally tree lesson for us all. <laughs> quite, quite so. Shall we move on to right. review? Yeah, let's, get, let's get this um, all factored up. Battleliness. Well, I mean, scores out of ten for each of us. We add it together for twenty mm. to review this. Yeah, uh, there are no battles, no battles at all. <laughs> but in these four years, now it depends on to the extent to which you feel that he was perfectly happy for his kingdom to be divided and he was over lord of it all, or you could say he lost half his kingdom without even being able to put up a fight. I don't know. Either way, it, yeah. he doesn't fight anyone. So, I mean, really, we're we're talking one or zero or point five. I mean, yeah. you say that there's documents that still say he's king of all England, and it was his yeah. brother. He might have been mm. right with that. There's not really much to mark. I reckon point five. Yeah, I mean, I think if if we were certain that it was a coup d'état and he just got completely taken out and then bumped off, that's a naught because he yeah. didn't even didn't even put up a fight. We're too young. He was too young. His brother was younger, but he was just a puppet of yeah. everybody else. I think I've got it with you. 
Milton half as well. We've got to give him just that little bit of something to credit him that he I mean, didn't get defeated. Maybe in a quarter each. And then he didn't get. He, he was undefeated in battle. We yeah. can give him that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. One out of twenty. One out of twenty. Well yeah. done. Brilliant. Scandal. Well, this is where we really. Yeah, we've got to take got, advantage yeah. of this. Well I mean, done, this chap. On the one hand, we do have this suggestion that maybe they exaggerated it, but yes. I think uh, we've got to presume that it's yeah, true. Exactly. We've got. We've got. This is served up, ready, put on a plate for scandal. This we're not going to avoid this one. And a, a Dickens, so if he said hated poor old Dunstan, yeah, he, he's writing stories really, but he's also analysing at the same time. So he doesn't say that it's made up. His theory is, I believe Dunstan did it. I dragging him out because he was an imperious, audacious, ill-conditioned priest who, having loved a young lady himself before he became a sour monk, hated all love now and everything belonging to it. So it's this suggestion that you know it was, it was quite conceivable that this would have happened. I yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> that I haven't heard of this chap since Dickens even writing about him. And well, well it's, it's, it's a Dickens, book. But... It's a just a book for children, for Victorian children on British history, and it's literally the few paragraphs. Oh. So it covers everything, mm. which is why yeah. I got it because I thought it might be fun. So we got. Uh... We've got a threesome when he's meant to be age having 14. a feast. Age That's 14. pretty good in itself. Age 14. Just become king of all England. Yeah, he's missed his coronation for it. <laughs> well, and it, yeah. And it's with his mother. Not his mother, <laughs> it's with um, his girlfriend yeah, and her mother. And, her mother. Wow. and then the great bishop, Archbishop Dunstan, sees him. <laughs> so for a moment, him. there's another person involved. Well, if, if you will, <laughs> if you will, Dunstan is briefly tainted. Yeah, not literally, obviously. Yeah, that would be terrible. I think the whole situation. I mean, it sounds pretty, sounds pretty scandalous. And also, obviously, although it's not of the same degree, the fact the way that he's treating his ministers like he sends Dunstan off into exile, pretty much because he yeah. discovers him and drags him back, strips his grandmother of all her property, gives all these new men um, goods and privileges against the old people. So he's messing up there as well, and. Yeah, Victoria. So he's he packs some it's, scandal in. He does. He does for a, for a Saxon because there hasn't been much. I mean, I think he compa- a very pious a... bunch of kings up till this point. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get some serious scandal later on when the when the um, yeah Normans get involved. But yeah. uh, I mean, just as uh, the highest mark we've had so far cumulatively is mm. eight for Athelstan, so that's an average of four each. Well, it's got to be better than Athelstan. Oh, what definitely. was the what was the Athelstan that he might have murdered someone? He had a tendency to kill his brothers. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty bad, isn't it? I'll <laughs> <laughs> um, match it. There's no murder that we know of. No. It's just sort of you know pure. And he did try to kill Dunstan. All yeah. his eyes out. Pure Tories, 1990s sleaze here. <laughs> it is. They would have been proud of this. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd, I'd match. I'd match it. I'd give it a four. Hmm. Uh, I, th- I think it's better than that, though. I think it's better really? than Athelstan. Yeah, this is proper. This a five is... for the mother. <laughs> I'll give him a six. Okay. Because I think this is a proper standalone moment of scandal. Yeah. Okay. That, do- that does stand up, I think. It stands the test of time. Uh, no, I'll go four and a half. Go four, four and, and a half. half. It's, only, it's only better, slightly better scandal for me than the murdering the brothers because it's it's more. Scandal that we're used to in the uh, yeah. red tops these Tabloid. days. Yeah, that's a six and a four and a half. So that's ten and a half for scandal, which is our best score yet. Yes, scandal. well, well this done, Eric. He's too busy scandalising to have battles. <laughs> Indeed. Subjectivity. 
Uh, no, I would have <coughs> liked it. Too uncertain. But I mean, yeah, you say as how good a ruler he is, he lost, uh, yeah. lost the kingdom. No, not for me. However, okay. just to uh, give a bit of support to the poor chap, um, there were some political appointments he made in terms of the people he promoted, which were actually quite good ones. He was the people who became um, quite prominent and successful people. Not Most of you might have heard of, so there's a chap Elf here, who is an elderman of Mercia. Mm-hmm. Ethelvold, who is of East Anglia, who both become very prominent figures. And also, Britnoth of Essex. Oh, that's a modern fame. It's Edwig that brings him to prominence. Oh, so okay. it's thanks to Edwig that we get the wonderful yeah, uh, yeah. Britnoff. Well, I mean, that's not. A f- I don't know. <laughs> he had to do something, <laughs> otherwise he would have literally been sitting around having that, threesomes. Another charge that would, although you might have scored him more highly if that was all that he done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, not literally. Obviously, that would be tiring. <laughs> Um, Dunstan, and one of the things that he really put against Edwig was that he was anti-monasticism and anti-the monasteries. So he accused him of stripping land and money from them. Mm. Just something he's put against him. But actually, again, this is something where they say that the shortness of his reign, the evidence is that actually he wasn't particularly opposed to it. And he, in his later years, i.e. 957 to 959, after he'd lost his rule, he did make some gifts and a bit more wise ruling. I don't mind if he did, anyway. I think that's really <laughs> laying the ground for the proper tyrant king, Henry VIII style. Yeah, true. Just claim everything. Bring it all back yeah. down again, yeah. So, I, yeah, I haven't really got much subjectivity no. stuff here. No. Out of ten, two. Yeah, I think I was, I, was thinking, I was giving two as well, but then we gave Edred four, and Edred ruled pretty well. I mean, he did do some massacring in Northumbria and Thetford, which maybe brings it down a touch. But uh, I might give him, I might give him one. Three then overall. Three for subjectivity, lowest score as well. Not very Not good, there, Mr. Well. Edwig. Longevity. Factual one. This is a mere four years. That's pretty shocking. Isn't pretty it? shocking. Especially and someone who started so young. So I mean, he's yeah. eighteen when he dies. Mm. So. I mean, that's, that's terrible. In his defence, he might have been bumped off by his mm. enemies. Mm. They might not have had a lot of luck in it. But then again, if he'd been a better king, yeah, he wouldn't have happened. done it. Exactly. Yeah, these these longevity, <clears throat> longevity scores do do reflect them, things, certain things, unless they're ill. Or get killed by a notorious thief. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. yeah. Dynasty, not the programme. Surely loads. That's all he's been <laughs> doing. You would have thought, but sadly, no. No, uh, nothing comes out of his uh, Well, I'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No children at all. So his dynasty absolutely ends. The throne goes to his brother Edri- Ed- Edgar. So, yeah, that's where it ends. All in all, a good result for Dunster. Very good result for Dunster. Is that very well, yeah. Dunstan. Dunster's a castle. <laughs> you and your castles. Mm. So that's a big, fat zero... For Dynasty for Edwig. So what does that give us? That gives us a... Oh, it's a... It's a it's a that, is, that is really, really bad. It really is. It is a mere 18 and a half. Our lowest score yet. Well. So that doesn't bode well, but we must consider the one final thing. Does he have... Rex Factor! <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Edwig. Oh, poor Edwig. Yeah, I mean... He no, no. I mean, it's so, nothing to say there. It's just a no. Isn't no, it? I mean, I yeah. I mean, I suppose just it's a no. Obviously, yeah. it's two no. He doesn't have the Rex factor. 
Um, just to focus a little bit on what he means and what interesting things we can get out of Edwig, I thought it was interesting that he was, he was almost like a prototype Henry VIII, but slightly too young and stupid, in the way that he comes in, promotes new men and his friends, and he just thinks, you know, I'm going to do however I want. I'm going to have my own way with whoever I want and just do it. Yeah! Mm. But unfortunately for him, he doesn't quite have the power and the freedom of Henry VIII and thus get mm. brought down very, very quickly. Yeah, because yeah. He, he just had the sex factor. Sex Factor, very That's good. Sex Factor, yeah. The, the first one time Sex Factor. The Sex Factor title will go to Edwig at the end of this. But it's also interesting, this is the Six Boy Kings, as we said, and this is maybe the first time where we start to see why this is actually damaging to the kingdom, because this really powerful institution split in half, to all intents and purposes, and we've had a king just there for four years, it all goes terribly wrong. I'm getting all these texts, I apologise, that'll come out. <laughs> That's quite, it's quite bad because the king is so important in terms of doing things. We've seen what Athelstan and Alfred have done before. It's so important to have a strong king mm-hmm. that rules well. He's laying the foundation for... You mentioned that Europe's racing ahead while we're all mucking around, dragging him out of bed. Indeed, it's purely internally bedroom-focused and this mm. isn't good for the kingdom. No. This is the kind of thing that's going to put pay for the Saxons mm. in years to come. However... Not the beginning of the end at the moment, because next week we have King Edgar, who is a much more successful king, as we shall find out next time. Excellent. All right, well, bad luck, Edwin. Yeah, you uh, had fun, briefly, Mm. uh, for which we applaud you, but ultimately a colossal failure. (laughs) So, next week, Edgar. (laughs) Until then. Cheerio. Bye-bye.